I am so beyond excited to have on the line with me a TV legend. You may know him from such programs as an early 90s edition of Kids in the Hall where he played Barfly or a late 90s edition of The X-Files where he played a corner. More likely you know him from the mid-2000s hit show Corner Gas, now author Brent Butt. Brent, thanks for taking the time today. Hey, my pleasure. Wow, you did a real deep dive there. Wow, you know, it's uh, you got a, such an extensive resume from television yeah, right. production, and now you've added novelist to the resume as well. Is this an achievement of a lifelong dream, or is this something that became a passion project as you got more into the entertainment business? What, the novel yeah. part of it? Yeah. It, yeah, it was kind of a lifelong thing. Like, when I was a little kid... You know, I, I mean, I really spent most of my youth just writing and drawing. That was it. I was just sitting in the corner and doodled. I wrote and I drew. Um, and I made a list of things that I wanted to write when I grew up, things I wanted to write professionally. And I've been fortunate. I've been able to do a lot of those. But one of the things that was still on the list was novel. Um, I always wanted to write a novel. I always knew I would give it a whirl one day. I didn't know if I'd be able to do it or if I would even like it, but it was on the list. And so when we kind of, when we went through lockdown, I thought, well, I'm out of excuses now, you know, uh, I, I'm going to sit down and, and tackle this and see if I can do it. And the, the end result uh, seems to be something that people like. Yeah, the response has been incredible. You're on a book tour now. You're going to be doing some signings, including a stop here in Manitoba. Uh, just, so just give us the overall kind of background to huge and how the whole project came about and and where you maybe got the idea for the story well huge is a it's not a comedy i just want to make sure people know that because you know i'm known basically as a guy who does comedy for 35 years i've done nothing but comedy um but huge is a dark and violent psychological thriller it's actually kind of a scary book but it's about comedy it, involved, it follows three stand-up comedians on a rough run of rural shows through uh, a remote stretch of Canada. Two of the comedians do not have a disturbing capacity for violence. Unfortunately, one of them does, and it's the one that's huge. Um, and so it, it becomes, you know, for two of the comedians, it becomes less about getting laughs and more about just getting off the road alive. And it's you know, it takes place in the 90s, and that's when I was doing nothing but touring. Uh, you know, I didn't have any TV work yet. I was just, uh, I just did stand-up comedy. And I toured all through, you know, I was living in Ontario at the time. I toured all across Canada, every province and territory. And, you know, sometimes you're on the road, you're, you're saddled with somebody you don't know very well. And 99 times out of 100, that it works out great. But every now and then you get saddled with another comedian that you begin to realize is clearly unhinged and you are in the middle of nowhere with somebody that's absolutely unstable. And you start to look at the Canadian countryside and think, wow, there's a lot of places to hide my body out here. <laughs> uh, how much fun was it to tap into that? You know, not the comedic side of your personality, but a different, you know, like you said, darker, grittier edge that maybe some people don't expect from you. How much fun was that for you to explore? Yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun. It was, uh, you know, really kind of just l just letting the story happen authentically and not really worry about people's expectations. You know, I worried a bit about it afterward. I was thinking, you know, once I completed the book, I was like, wow, is anybody going to have any any interest in this? 
are they going to be upset or offended by this? But during the writing of the project, and I always try to do this, I always just try to be true to what the project is supposed to be. I think that gives it the best chance of being good. And so I knew what this story was. This was a dark, violent, adult uh, story. Um, and there's language and there's uh, some very gritty and <laughs> edgy things going on. I didn't want to shy away from that. And so I just sunk into writing it the way that I thought it should be written. And yeah, it was very kind of freeing. And especially after, you know, basically 25 years of writing nothing but scripts, which are very structured and very sort of regimented, um, to sit down and write long form prose. You know, I told my agent I felt like a horse that had been let out of the pen and they just said, just go run, run wherever you want to run. And I absolutely loved it. That's amazing. I can't wait to delve more into that. Talking to Brent Butt, uh, author of the new book called Huge, out now. And uh, he's going to be doing a book signing in Winnipeg coming up uh, very shortly, actually. You can find out more, brentbutt.com. Uh, Brent, when you, when you came up with the idea for this story, did you have the ending in mind first and worked back from it? Did you have the start of the story and just kind of let it develop until you got to the ending? Take us through the process of, of writing and maybe concluding what's this uh, very intense, gritty psychological thriller. I always like to write with a bit of a structure, but, but not overly structured. So I sit down, there's usually 12 points that I kind of try and determine before I sit down to actually write. But I'm also aware that there's a, there's a, a great likelihood that those plot points are going to change because as you sit down and actually start writing you are inevitably going to come up with better ideas through the process of writing it than you than you can just sitting sort of remotely and outlining and so i i always structure it out and i had an ending in mind but by the time i was you know not even halfway through the novel i realized that i had a better idea in mind for the ending and and that's just, you know, that's just the way writing works usually. I mean, certainly it works for me that way. Um, I remember seeing uh, an interview with Quentin Tarantino where he he always said that he never plots beyond the midpoint. He plots halfway to the script because he says there's no point in plotting beyond that because you're going to come up with better ideas and you're just going to end up deleting what, you know, the outline that you, the second half of the outline. And I, I feel that way. I feel like, you know, I come up with, what I think is going to be the ending. But once you get writing, there's something, you know, I don't want to sound too frou-frou about it all, but there's something magical about the process of writing and getting into the heads of these characters. And you start to, you know, you, you really start to be told things by the characters. That's one of my favorite parts about writing is characters start to tell you who they are and you just have to kind of listen and take notes. That's so fascinating. And, uh, you know, just to look back over your career, you start in stand-up, so you sometimes have, you know, 5 to 15 minutes to tell a joke, have a punchline, and there's a payoff. Then you go to Corner Gas, where you where you mentioned writing scripts, where you have, you know, 22 to 25 minutes, you have some ebbs and flows, but there's got to be a payoff. With a novel, you have hundreds of pages, thousands and thousands of words at your disposal. You talked about uh, like a horse being out of the pen just creatively. How much different is it going from writing stand-up to writing TV to writing a novel? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think we could put stand-up on the shelf because it's so different. It's such a, 
you know, it's less about storytelling. I mean, it's short bursts of storytelling, but, you know, each joke probably lasts under a minute. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have some bits that are three minutes maybe, but stand-up is a completely different animal. But when it comes to scripts and, you know, TV scripts, movie scripts, novels, I always look at it as a story. And I kind of break stories down the same way. I always break it into four acts. I break those four acts into three, and I got my 12 segments. And the the time frame changes. Like, you know, with a 22-minute script, your your whole script length is probably going to be 30 pages. And so each of those segments is smaller than with a novel. Like with Huge, it's I think it's 84,000 words. So, you know, each of those 12 segments is going to be noticeably longer. But I, I, I look at it as a story. And I have a story structure, and I, I break that story down so it fits the structure. And then within that, everything is wildly different, but that structure sort of gives you the framework. When you're writing a novel, as opposed to writing a script where, you're ba- where you can maybe bounce ideas off people, did you bounce ideas off of you know friends that you have in the business, maybe bounce ideas um, off your, your very talented wife, or were you just kind of huddled in a dark room by yourself writing this novel underneath a bare light bulb? <laughs> yeah, in, in the basement, a bare swinging light bulb <laughs> on an old... Underwood typewriter, <laughs> bottle of whiskey, and a pack of cigarettes. It was classic. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I just, I just sat up in my, you know, I, I sort of write in two places in my house. I get up early in the morning before my wife is up, and I write at the uh, dining table. And then later in the day, after I've walked the dog and stuff, I go to my office and I write there. But I wrote it all by myself. Um, like the first draft, I, you know, I sat down and wrote it. And then once I had a draft, then I, I let some friends of mine that I know, that I trust, that I know understand story, mm-hmm. um, I let them read it and see if they had any thoughts or notes. But, uh, but yeah, the, the first draft of the novel is, is just all me. I love that. Uh, Mr. Butt, was there a concerted thought to get away from, from the comedic side or is it something where it, it just kind of happened where you're like, you know what, I feel like writing this right now. Or is there a, a thought that maybe you want to get away from that comedic image that people know you by and, and want you to be a little bit more on the gritty side? No, not at all. I mean, I'm always going to do stand-up. It's my favorite thing to do. I love comedy. It sort of makes me tick. It flows through my veins. So that's, you know, that's an enormous part of who I am. I think if you boil everything, if you boil the meat off the bones, you're left with the, the skeleton of a greasy nightclub comedian. Uh, <laughs> jokes are hugely important to me. But it's not the only thing in the world to me. So I like the idea of stretching beyond what you're known for and doing things, getting out of your comfort zone and trying other things. And, and that's, and like I said, it's, it's, for me, it's about authenticity. And this story... I knew what it, what it was supposed to be, and I just wanted to honor that. So it was less about me and, and you know, people's perceptions of me and what will people think of me. It was really about just honoring, you know, this is a dark, scary story. Uh, and it has funny moments in it because it's comedian, and often comedian, the darker it gets, the more prone they are to make a joke. Um, and so there's some of that in here, but I just, I just wanted to honor 
what the actual project was. I think that's important. I know you've you've toured Canada so many times, and you're so so well renowned across the entire country. Now you're going out uh, on the on a book signing tour, and you're meeting a whole different realm of people outside of the comedic world. Uh, is that an exciting uh, you know undertaking for you as well to you know cr- uh, connect with more writers who who have maybe written novels themselves, and that opens different doors. Uh, just take us through going on this tour as a writer, not a comedian. Yeah, it's something different, and I love that. I love cannonballing into a situation that's new that I don't know that much about and just kind of learning as you go. And like you said, meeting this novel, I've met two of my favorite novelists, Mm -hmm. like people that I always read their stuff. Linwood Barclay, who's like, you know, one of the the best flat-out thriller writers on the planet, and Sherry LaPena, who... You know, there's nobody better at sort of domestic paranoia thrillers than Sherry LaPena. And I always read this stuff. And through the process of writing Huge, I I was able to uh, get to know both of them and uh, a little bit. And, and to me, that's that's been wild. Yeah, and just meeting people who maybe wouldn't have come out to a stand-up show, but have, have bought the book and have come out to the book because they like thrillers. Uh, and are interested to see if TV Joke Boy could write a decent thriller. <laughs> and I but think yeah, that, it's been uh, the response has been amazing. And it's now we we found out it, it made the it was number one on the uh, national bestseller list. It just is that like I'm I'm sure you didn't expect that, but is that just like uh, an immense prideful moment for you when you get that email or that phone call and you think. Wow, this this little book that uh, you know just started as an idea has now become number one. Is it is it a prideful moment? Are you just take us through what that's like? Because you've been number one before, but never as a novelist. Yeah, like Corner Gas was the number one watched show. That was very cool. But this was yeah, this was a a big surprise. Like um, I you know I didn't know if anybody would be have any interest really in reading a book like this from me, and so it debuted on the bestseller list which surprised myself, and I think it surprised my publishers as well. Um, and then the next week when they did the tracking, it was number one, number one national bestseller. So, yeah, that I mean, that absolutely took me by surprise. I did not expect that, and uh, it is. It's very kind of prideful, and, you know, that doesn't happen without people telling their friends about it. You know, it's one of those things that's like you can you can do so much marketing, but at the end of the day, like the, our, my publisher said, there is no marketing you can do that comes close to word of mouth. And that's what happens with books. And, uh, you know, it happens with a lot of things, but certainly with books, people are telling friends about it. And, and that's, that's a good feeling. Last two for you here, sir, before we let you go. Uh, you got a book signing in Winnipeg, uh, and I'm sure you're, you're very much looking forward to, again, engaging with the with people who are buying the book and you're going to sign a copy. Uh, just take us through what a book signing is like uh, for those that are going to experience it on Sunday in Winnipeg. Yeah, it's going to be, like, each one is a little bit different. This one's going to be sort of the in-conversation style. So that means they're going to have somebody chatting with me about, writing the book and that person is going to be dean jenkinson who's an old friend of mine very funny stand-up comedian he runs the winnipeg comedy festival and i've known him for years and years and years great smart funny guy so he's going to he's going to sit down with me we're going to have a bit of an interview we're going to do q a questions from the audience um i'm going to do a reading from the book 
And, uh, yeah, then there's going to be, you know, you have the opportunity to buy the book there at the bookstore. I'll do a signing for anybody who wants it. And it's just a way to kind of, for, for people to hear about the book and me get to get to know the readers a little bit. That is really cool. Uh, we'll wrap up with, um, I know it's early, obviously, with this book just coming out not too long ago. Is there plans for more novels in the future? Are you thinking of maybe turning huge into a movie or a television show? Is there maybe more TV writing in your future? Give us the sense of what is next for the legendary Brent Butt. <laughs> well, kind of all those things. Oh, wow. I, I want to do it all, you know. <laughs> um, there's definitely more books in the works. I, I'm well into writing my second novel already. I just, like I said, I didn't know if I would like the experience or not, but I loved it. And so, uh, you know, not long after having finished huge, I dove into my next novel. Um, but I've also written a pilot for a new TV show that, uh, is a comedy, but kind of a little bit of a darker comedy, um, that wouldn't star me, but I would just, you know, hopefully produce it. And in terms of huge becoming a TV show or a movie, I think it lends itself well to that. But I'm not really that interested in being the one to produce it. I would, I would be, have much more interest in sort of doing the Stephen King model where you, you sort of sell the rights mm-hmm. to somebody who really knows what they're doing, an amazing producer, director, screenwriter, and, let, you know, and then just sit back and see what they do with the project. That intrigues me. I love that idea. That does sound uh, wild, and, and the fact that you're still so busy and you're doing so much, uh, so much on so many different landscapes. Uh, to if your head was made of glass, I can only imagine all the the smoke that would be coming away, going from comedy back to thriller. Or is the new novel going to be a thriller or comedy? Can you maybe spill the beans a little bit there? It's going to be another uh, dark psychological thriller. I love it. Uh, thank it's you. So what much. I like to read, so that's what I write. I love that. That's so great. Uh, you can find uh, the Butt Pod everywhere you listen. You can find out details on uh, more of the book, huge, and the schedule, brentbutt.com. Uh, the legendary uh, Mr. Brent Butt, thank you so much for taking the time today. want to wish you the best of luck in Winnipeg on Sunday, and uh, thank you again so, so much for taking the time today. It was my pleasure. Nice to talk to you.